0: Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker.
1: And I'm Elizabeth Talbot.
0: So Elizabeth, here I am standing in the delivery room. My wife is in labor. And that's always an interesting experience, you know, alone, just the, the all the pains that a woman goes through to mm. give birth to this child. And we've been anticipating this event for nine months as we waited and wondered. We didn't do the test to find out which uh, gender the child was, mm. but we anticipated a healthy child. And finally, the doctor standing there, we're all in our mask, you know, so I guess we can't uh, identify each other later. I don't know. <laughs> but finally, the baby is born and the doctor says, this is a healthy baby girl. And of course, I've had that experience twice Mm. since uh, we uh, have parented two uh, healthy, wonderful uh, girls who are now healthy, <laughs> wonderful young women.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure every parent waits for for that announcement that says, yeah. good news, your baby is healthy and, and it's okay and everything's going to be all right.
0: I, I'd always heard that a woman starts counting fingers and toes first, and that's exactly what my wife did. Oh. <laughs> she counted fingers and toes. to so make sure everything is <laughs> yeah. perfect. Huh? Yeah, this child is okay.
1: Well, today we're starting a, a brand new series in the Gospel of Mark. And the reason why we started this topic with a good news is because The Gospel of Mark is the only of the four Gospels that calls itself a Gospel. Mm -hmm. So, in the first verse of Mark, it says, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And, of course, gospel means good news.
0: It does. Uh, gospel means good news, and the very best news is the fact that Jesus was born, He lived, He died, and He he saves us. That is the best news.
1: You might be wondering why the uh, the word gospel, what is the good news in gospel? And it actually comes from the Old English uh, God spell. Mm-hmm. And God meaning good, and spell meaning news. And then that's where the word good news uh, came from, and then it became Gospel, as as the time developed in the language developed.
0: That, that is a good description of the word gospel from a woman for whom uh, English is a second language. I'm very impressed with that, Elizabeth. Well done.
1: Well, I had to study that to understand it. <laughs> See, in Spanish, uh, is much closer to the actual Greek word here, mm-hmm. which is evangelion, mm-hmm. and we call it evangelio for those that are, are Spanish speaking, and it's almost the identical word to the Greek. And evangelion uh, it means exactly that: good news, a proclamation. Of good news. Something amazing is happening, and that's what it's called, a good news. Gospel. But this is
0: not just a New Testament phenomena. Uh, good news is something that is mentioned in the Old Testament as well. In fact, let's take a look at that in Isaiah chapter 52, starting with verse 7. We see Isaiah talking about this wonderful good news. It's uh, Verse 7, it says, How lovely. On the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns.
1: This is a wonderful verse that you have chosen here, Mike, because... Uh, good news, uh, of course, you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. 200 years before Christ, it was actually translated to the Greek.
0: And that's called the Septuagint.
1: The Septuagint. And they chose for this words of good news, the same word that, Matthew, uh, that Mark uses to start his mm-hmm. book and uh, actually replaces the Hebrew Bashar. And this was the cry of good news that the messenger came with to the city when the king had gone out of the city to fight the enemy and he had won. And then the messenger would come yelling from his horse, this Bashar in Hebrew Mm -hmm. or Evangelion in uh, Greek.
0: Or good news in English. (laughs) Yeah, or good
1: news in English saying, you know the king is reigning. He has won. We are free. Mainly, mm-hmm. that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. So that's why the verse says, "How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who is bringing this type yes. of message."
0: That, that kind of message you long to hear, you long to see, and, and anyone who brings you that kind of good news is someone that you remember for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The doctor that delivered both of our children and gave me wonderful news about uh, the health and uh, the gender of our children is, is a friend of mine still today because mm-hmm. he brought me wonderful, wonderful news. news.
1: <laughs> and And you know what is really interesting is what circumstances um, uh, the church was going through that Mark decided to write this book. Now, we're going to give you some perspectives of who was Mark and when he wrote. These are all, um, we are thinking this is the way it is Mm -hmm. because we are taking the most information we have to try to make these conclusions, but you know, there's other ways of looking at it as well.
0: Again, this gospel is anonymous. Uh, Mark does not identify himself, but the tradition holds that Mark is the one who wrote the gospel. Mm -hmm. And this is, um, Mark was supposed to, I guess he was a youth during the days of Jesus, and so he really did not... Know Jesus that well. I'm sure that he saw him, but he did not, uh, he was not one of his companions, was not an eyewitness to these things. He basically got his stories from Peter, who was indeed uh, an apostle and a disciple. Yes,
1: and and so we are, the consensus in scholarship is that the author of this uh, gospel, which is uh, believed to be the first gospel of the four written, was John Mark, which you will find in the book of Acts again. Mm -hmm. And actually, Peter, he was a companion of Peter. He traveled with Peter. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it is believed that this is the version of the gospel that came from Peter's mouth. And it makes a lot of sense because in this gospel... Peter is constantly putting his foot in his mouth, yes. he's constantly messing up more than in any other the Gospels, so it's almost like Peter's telling Mark, look what I did, yes. can you believe you know, how I behaved?
0: The other authors were more respectful of Peter, but Peter said, no, this is the, the naked My truth. This, yeah. <laughs> this is the truth, and I'm just going to lay it all out there. It is also thought that Mark was written at a time of persecution for the church at Rome, probably around 64 AD or a little bit after that, between 64 and 70 AD is when it was written. Uh, you remember Rome burned in 64 AD, uh, Nero uh, is rumored to have burned Rome, and he blamed this on the Christians, and so a period of persecution started for the Christians, and Mark is writing the gospel in part to say, Jesus is sovereign, you have not believed a, uh, a fable, you have not believed a lie, and he will see you through even this.
1: Yes, and also he concentrates a lot on the suffering of Jesus. Of all the four mm-hmm. gospels, uh, percentage-wise, this particular gospel spends half, uh, the second half of, of the gospel is all on the passion of the Christ and all in the death of Jesus and how he's facing death. And that is a, an encouraging thought for those that are suffering to see that their Lord has also suffered, but but has accomplished a great thing through his suffering. And those are that is the good news that he's yes. actually presenting. Well, let's look
0: now at verse two. It says, as it is written uh, in Isaiah, the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way? The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, this quotation is not actually entirely from. Isaiah is taken from Malachi, a little bit from Exodus, but it's all put together here, uh, announcing the fact that someone was going to come, preparing the way for Jesus.
1: And it's very interesting because the Gospel of Mark does not give a genealogy like Matthew and Luke. They uh, talk about his parents. He goes directly to the public ministry of Jesus. So he talks about John the Baptist, who is preaching. Verse seven, for example, he was preaching, saying, "After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop." Down down and untie the thong of his sandals. Mm-hmm. So his message is centering on this uh, new messiah, Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that was fulfilling all messianic expectations from the Old Testament, that he has finally arrived, and that's the job of John the Baptist.
0: That's right. It is also interesting that John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness. It's kind of like he's revisiting the time in Israel's history when they were closest to God, the time when they were called God's son, because God brought them out of Egypt. He took care of their needs. He provided a pillar of cloud by day so that they were not burned, a pillar of fire by night so that they could see and also remain warm. He is the one who fed them with the manna, and they were very, very close and intimate with God during the wilderness experience. And so, John is in the wilderness calling people back to that kind of relationship with God, a relationship that begins with repentance.
1: And he is baptizing, and he says on verse 8 that he's baptizing with water, but that the one that is coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you see is actually Jesus' baptism uh, from verse 9 to 11 of of chapter 1 of Mark.
0: And it came about in those days that Jesus came from from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, Thou art my beloved son and Thee I am well pleased.
1: This is one of the times where we see the Trinity present. Mm-hmm. We have Jesus coming out of the water. She's being baptized. We have uh, the dove, uh, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descending upon him and a voice coming from heaven saying, This is my son. So we have all the three persons of the trinity present and separately present right. you know being mentioned separately
0: now right after this verse 12 tells us that the spirit drove jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted and that's what happens here we have the temp- uh, a brief uh, recounting of the temptation story as he was there with the wild beast and again that was that represents satanic influences that uh, again he has overcome as he's there in the wilderness as he goes through his tempting experience. And
1: then we get the first words that Jesus actually preaches. And we again have the word gospel twice in verse 14 and 15, where it says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel, once again, the good mm-hmm. news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And this uh, forms an inclusio, that sandwich that we tell you that it starts and ends with the same word. And Mark, does that in the introduction. That's
0: right. So, what we have Mark doing is saying, all right, I know that a lot of bad things are going on in your life. And I know that you're being persecuted, but the one who was promised has come, and that has been Jesus. And Jesus is indeed the Son of God, the Messiah. You can believe in Him, and you can trust in Him. Just as you're suffering, so too did He suffer. And He bled and He died for you so that you can have eternity with Him.
1: Many of us, when we are suffering, we need to get a bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. We all need good news in, in the middle of, of trials and, and problems. And this, if you're going through something difficult, this is the gospel for you. Mark will try to bring you the best news in the midst of persecution. And
0: that news is exceedingly good, because it tells you that your Savior loves you. He died for you. He's covered your sins. And no matter what it is you're going through, He gives you strength. He gives you courage. He's going to see you through this. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Jesus 101tv thats jesus 101tv Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute. And follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.